Are you bored living a mediocre life? We were too, and we know how to change that. Each week, we'll leave our comfort zones to explore a new topic, then step onto our soapboxes, a safe space to sound off on our latest adventure. Come explore with us. All opinions are welcome. This is a mindset. This is a lifestyle. This is Siren Soapbox. Hello, fellow explorers. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. We're on a mission to explore beyond comfort zones, and we're really starting to make waves. Ready to take the first step outside of your comfort zone? Dive into sirensoapbox.com, where you'll find links to our blog, our Explore magazine, YouTube channel, and our movie club. So many ways to explore. Pick one today and experience life outside your comfort zone. This week, the Sirens were challenged to participate in the Earth Month Eco Challenge through ecochallenge.org. Eco challenges are programs that empower individuals to connect their actions to science based solutions to environmental issues. Over 200,000 people in 139 countries have participated in these eco challenges. Eco Challenge is a 501c3 organization or a nonprofit who has been around for 30 years, and they created a global network of support and community dedicated to addressing climate change. They've done this through a digital platform that gamifies behavior change. They believe that fun challenges encourage new habits and small steps lead to big change. And that sounds familiar to the sirens who share these beliefs. According to the website, ecochallenge.org, a lot of learning took place as a result of this challenge. In fact, 1,595,453 minutes were spent learning about our planet. Now that's a group accomplishment that's good for all of us. Tonight we're here to talk about what we've accomplished and learned through the experience. But before we get into our soapboxes, just a reminder that if the conversation gets too intense, the safe word is... Mango! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> First up, on, here. <laughs> yeah. First up on her soapbox is Jess. All right. So this challenge was so cool. I love that it was not strictly about environmentalism, but also had challenges about social equality, food security, and education. All these things are important to an overall healthier earth. A lot of people think saving the earth just means recycling or buying green products. And those are great but it also means bringing our fellow humans along with us. I love that I love that the challenges made me think about some of these other things. Hopefully it did for others as well. It was also great timing with Earth Day coming up and happening in the middle of the month. I helped lead a large cleanup at a beach park here on Kauai that ended up having over 200 volunteers. In addition to litter cleanup, we also had a large group sifting microplastics out of the sand. I hope that this made some of those people think twice about plastics in their next purchases. At the cleanup, we also had groups from many different companies, as well as individuals and families. It was really cool to see so many people coming together to take care of a park that everyone uses, including tourists. I wish we could have Earth Day every month, although I'm not sure that I could handle helping organize a 200-person event every month. But Mer, what did you learn from this challenge? Well, as you mentioned, Earth Day is celebrated on April 22nd, which is the day after my birthday. So Earth Day is also a Taurus, for the record. 
<laughs> this year, Elsie challenged us to join the Earth Month Eco Challenge, and I thought that was a very fun way to celebrate Earth Day. I got excited early and signed up for a bunch of activities and had really great intentions. However, I did learn something about myself. Working through 30-day challenges is not something I'm good at. I get excited and start strong, but like a true seven, I lose interest and my energy for the thing fizzles out. And it was no different for this challenge, unfortunately. I did, however, do some good for the planet. First, I joined my company's newest business resource group, the Sustainability BRG, where I get to work on the team in charge of advocacy and education. Second, I consciously made a decision to not eat out for lunch as often as I had been because of to-go containers. And third, I replaced my old roof, which is bound to help energy conservation inside my own home. I do, I really do try every day to make decisions that are good for our home planet, not just during the month of April, but having that challenge sure was a great way to remind us of how important our planet is. So I am grateful that we did it. Sarah, what did you think about the Eco Challenge? Well, I thought the Eco Challenge concept was a great way to engage a large number of people and get them to think about the environment in a ton of different ways. Not only did they give us lots of ideas on what sorts of activities we could take part in, but as we've heard, we could create teams and participate in competitions. I'm sure that boosted participation quite a bit, nothing like some healthy competition to spur folks into action. After joining the Siren Soapbox Challenge team, I must admit I got a little busy with other projects, but when I started looking for activities that interested me, I got sucked into the climate change documentary rabbit hole. It started when I looked for some older documentaries and I found one of the first that brought up the topic of climate change. It was made back in 1958 and was directed by Frank Capra. If that name doesn't sound familiar, that's okay. Bill will still love you. Frank Capra directed the film, It's a Wonderful Life, and it's a favorite of his. I mean, we got married at an It's a Wonderful Life festival, so. Anyway, the documentary was titled The Unchained Goddess, and it was about the goddess of climate, Meteora, a cartoon in the film. And it was all about the weather, explaining how wind, rain, clouds, and storms are formed. And it was actually very informative, if a little goofy at times. At the very end, the professor does talk about increasing carbon dioxide production from cars and industry and the subsequent global warming that leads to melting polar ice caps. I mean, he spent about that much time on it, but he did mention it with a good graphic on just how much of the United States would be underwater if that happened, the projections anyway. I would like to point out, however, that when talking about hurricanes, they did discuss some of the proposed methods for steering a hurricane. And first on the list, starting oil fires on the ocean. Also, creating oil slicks. Hmm, not exactly the um, climate-friendly, uh, eco-friendly um, uh, proposal that we would have today, I would hope. Anyway. Ah, uh, the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> that film did get me interested in following up on the melting ice caps topic, though. So I proceeded to spend a few hours watching quite a few polar bear documentaries. I won't say how many hours. They were all really interesting with great footage and tons of video of polar bears. It was a little sad though, seeing the Lord of the Arctic struggling to find food while waiting for the ice to form in winter. The message was pretty clear in all of them. The data is there to support the theory that the ice caps are smaller than they once were. 
There's a lot to learn and do with this challenge, but my favorite quote, and I think my takeaway message comes from David Reed, an Arctic logistics coordinator. When talking about how the environment should be our top priority, he says, it's not us versus nature, we are nature. As we open up the floor for discussion, I'm happy to say that we have invited a very special guest to be with us. I mean, the choice was pretty obvious. This guest epitomizes environmental consciousness with everything that she does, from living a vegan lifestyle to teaching her young pupils about nature every day, even letting the butterflies that emerged early live in her house one year. Anyone who listened to episode 72, Our Vegan Challenge, will remember my favorite stepdaughter, Danelle Cole. Sirens, please help me welcome Danny back to the podcast. Welcome to the show, Danny. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> so, uh, Danny, we were curious. What made you decide to join our Eco Challenge team? Um, I would be down to do literally any Eco Challenge that I ever see, ever. So, as soon as I saw it posted, I was really excited to get into it because I'm always looking for new ways to help our Mother Earth. I love that. So not only is Danny your favorite uh, stepdaughter, is that right? Um, I don't know why it's so hard for me to come up with that concept. Like I know what a stepchild is, but it just <laughs> didn't seem right to say it. Anyway, so not red only <laughs> exactly the redheaded stepchild. Not only is she your favorite redheaded stepdaughter, Danny was the um, third place winner on our eco challenge team and first place if we're looking at just our guest participation so how about that oh my goodness go Danny. good job girl <laughs> i didn't even finish entering the rest of the stuff i could have i could have been number one you could have oh my gosh you i mean you were so close so lc or i'm sorry jess you won with 400 points and nine check-ins yeah. Uh, Elsie came in second with 269 points and 10 check-ins. And then Danny with 120 points and two check-ins. Nice. Yeah. If it weren't for the emails, I totally would not have remembered to check in. And I got the email and then would be like, I'll do that later. Later so, didn't happen. That was, <laughs> that's like, Murray, you and I were the also-rans. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly right, Sarah. You and I are the also-rans. Um, I had 85 points in one check-in, and you had 36 points in one check-in. Tracy Cole, 26 points, zero check-ins. And then Bill Cole and Mandy Marlowe, they uh, bring up the, the, pack, the rear of the pack with uh, – Five points and zero check-ins. <laughs> Checked out. That's right. They, they signed up. <laughs> it's right. They signed up. But our team did make a difference. Okay, so let me get back there. It looks like our team impact was up to 620 minutes not spent in front of a screen, up to 60 conversations with people, up to 720 minutes spent outdoors and up to 366 minutes spent learning. So there you go. Nice. Yeah. I, I found it. I, I don't know if I just wasn't looking hard enough, but I found it difficult to actually account for the stuff that I did. And then I get, then I, I just went to watch another video. And so I don't know if I 
like you, Danny, I don't think I logged all of, all, <clears throat> all the videos that I watched. I don't think you did because it says that we only together as a team collectively watched two documentaries. <laughs> Sounds like that's false. <laughs> so this brings me to one of my questions. What is everyone's like favorite tip or trick for staying motivated for to complete a 30 day challenge? It's such a long time. I have a really hard time with it. I think setting an alarm or I didn't get a, a frequent email. I don't, uh, I think a daily email or like literally setting my alarm to remind myself to do something would be the only way that I would remember to check in. Cause checking in, it's so easy. You just have to click a few buttons and you've checked in, you know, just to show that you're active there. Um, I think that would have been helpful for me if I had thought of doing that sooner for me, it's just one of the pressure. Oh my gosh, it's coming up. Then I try to, do it quickly, which can get frustrating. Yeah. I kind of wish I would have put some of the activities that I, that I pledged to do on my calendar so that, cause I got real excited about the beginning and sign up for some things. And I just didn't get around to doing them. Like I was going to plant a flower, like a, um, a native flowering plant to help for, for our pollinators. And I, try to do that in my garden every year. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> you know, like I could have put that on my calendar to do a week ago and I just didn't do it. I got the emails. I didn't get them. I don't remember if I was getting them every day or not, um, but that's really what would remind me. I'd be like, oh yeah, let me go do that. And a lot of times I would do it as soon as I saw the email because I knew that if I was just like, mm, I'll do that later, then it wouldn't happen. But I... I think I got them near daily. I don't know. Maybe your spam was blocking them or something, Sarah. I didn't get very many emails either. And I agree with Sarah. If I would have set alarms, I would have checked in a lot because alarms really help. But also, um, a lot of the stuff you really can't quite do this time of year anyway. Planting native flowers, that's great. But we haven't – well, I mean, I live in Michigan. I have not seen the last frost yet. So Right. Uh a little too ambitious to get plants in the ground. I, I have a few that are here, but only the really hardy ones. And some of the, some of the native pollinator plants are, um, they're a little too tender. You can't really do it yet anyway. Yeah, we, I mean, it's like 30 degrees outside right now here in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm sure it's colder than that in Michigan. So yeah, that's, that was the other thing. I know they say, wait till Mother's Day to plant tomatoes or whatever, but. <laughs> We had um, we had somebody come talk to our talk to our BRG at work. BRG stands for Business Resource Group, and he was from the Cincinnati Zoo, and he was talking about um, pollinators and planting for pollinators. And he says that you can plant different times of the year. Don't just wait until after uh, Mother's Day because what will happen is and everything just kind of blooms at once. So if you plant things earlier and later, then it, you know, kind of helps spread that mm -hmm. throughout the year, those flower, the flowering, whatever. Right. Well, and on, on top of that, a lot of people, I know a lot of people don't like weeds, but weeds are the first meal for pollinators. And so I feel like one of the really crucial steps is just like, just let your dandelions do their thing. And those little um, butterfly pea flowers, they're just cute little purple flowers. So I feel like if a lot of people could change their perspective on weeds, that's, I feel like that's the easiest first step for helping protect pollinators because then they have access to an early meal and then you're not, um, you know, stressed over 
what you're planting and what time of year you can plant it. And is the frost going to kill this still? Because weeds are so hardy. They're just, they're going to do their thing no matter what. And I understand, um, you know, wanting to stay on top of them, but also most weeds are edible and you can just like, I mean, Patrick and I had fried dandelion tacos the other night and they were great. So you can still take, <laughs> stay on top of them. Just share them with the bees. <laughs> so I, and they say, don't rake your leaves. Yeah. Yeah. So really being friendly to the pollinators means don't do yard work, which is bullshit <laughs> anyway. So. Yeah. That's what this guy from the zoo said. He said that raking your leaves can sometimes disrupt some, like some pollinators winter home. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. you're like pulling dead stuff out of your garden, that sort of thing, it can do the same thing. So he's like, yeah, just let it go. Just let it go. I know it's when, um, we have like the very first warm day of the year and you can smell everyone's like burning their leaves and stuff. I'm just like, you could have just waited a little bit longer. There's so many little, you know, chrysalises in there. And there's a lot of little guys that aren't going to make it out now, but yeah, yeah, I get the impulse, but if yeah, lazy garden work is the most eco-friendly thing. You can do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need to get HOAs on board with that concept. I agree. Yeah. Or, or maybe, um, figure out a way to create like some sort of a like a wildflower preserve or something inside of the the hoa i don't know like a little meadow or something i don't know yeah, you can um get a certified i'm not gonna be able to remember what it's called right now but you can get certified for a uh, wildlife habitat in your yard by just having like a handful of things you just have like a water source native plants um a place for birds or bees to live like little bug hotels or bird houses or something like that. It's just like a, a list of a couple of things you do and then your wildlife habitat certified. And then I feel like when you get that certification and you get signed off on it, I feel like you're allowed to have that in your HOA, but yeah. Fuck the HOA. Yeah. HOA be damned. It's a <laughs> wildlife preserve. We have an area between the houses behind us that's, considered green space. It doesn't belong to anybody. It just, but it belongs to the HOA and it will, they'll let that get pretty long. But then at some point it's like, they get too anxious about it. Like, Oh, it's too tall. It's too un un unruly. And then they mow the whole entire thing down. And you know, it's, it's about three feet tall, all the stuff that's in there three and they just mow the whole thing down. They should, they should replace that with wild flowers. Mm -hmm. Get some milkweed in there. Help the monarchs. That would be amazing. Sara, let's let's write your, let's petition your yes. HOA. Let's make let's a difference. And we're going to all stand there with arms linked when they come with their mowers. That's right. <laughs> For some reason, I just pictured Hands Across America. Does anybody remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't see that without seeing, uh, without picturing us now. Did you oh, ever see that? Never that saw horror it. Movie? It's a uh, horror movie. It's a horror movie and Hands Across America plays a very big part in it and totally changes the meaning. That's funny. <laughs> I saw Danelle go, mm, I don't remember that because I don't think you were even born yet. <laughs> and that would That's be right. why you don't remember it. We still, we still love you. <laughs> I know that there's a big movement to like people that don't have HOAs to basically just let their yards return to nature and I would totally be down for that especially here where we don't have winter so we have to mow all year round and mowing is kind of bullshit 
It is bullshit. You have to run this machine that's putting out carbon emissions to chop down grass and weeds and whatever that's doing that, that's probably way better for the environment and it's all for what so that your yard looks nice i guess manicured on yeah. the plus side our mower is electric yeah and we want to get solar panels but we're waiting until it's time to replace our roof so we can just do it all at once yeah i just replaced my roof a lot of people are replacing their grass with um clover and uh, I've seen some also where people are replacing it with, it with different types of wild thyme, which I can only imagine how incredible that smells, but it just, it oh, looks yeah. so nice and you don't ever have to mow it. And it's just, it just helps everything. I don't know why there has to be grass everywhere. I wish I had zero blades of grass and just all plants. Yeah. I am actually considering digging my yard up and replacing it with some of that thyme. Um, my, uh, the majority of my, not the majority of it, but a good portion of my backyard is that I, I, I guess they're wild violets. They might be that little purple plant that you were talking about, Danny. Um, mm -hmm. I, those are really cool because they're beautiful and they don't get very tall at all. So I could just have those growing everywhere. I'm trying to plan for when I'm like 70 mm -hmm. and I don't want to push a lawnmower up my hill any longer. And I'm too mm -hmm. cheap to pay someone to do it. So <laughs> I'm going to have to <laughs> figure out a different plan, I think. Turn part of your backyard into a greenhouse, and then you can grow all the things all the time. Danny needs that so that she can grow veggies that grow don't grow all in year Michigan. <laughs> I'll send you a pineapple. So cold up there. Would a greenhouse? Would you be able to be growing things in the winter, even in a greenhouse up there? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what I really want to be able to do is to dig like a whole walk-in cellar type of situation. That's like a underground greenhouse, and everything will be extra. Like a hobbit house. Like a what? A hobbit house? Like a hobbit house. <laughs> <laughs> you put a round door on it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Patrick should build you that. I think he should too. I think this sounds well, amazing. Be able to go in it. Say what? Because he won't fit. He can't go <laughs> in it. But <laughs> this sounds amazing. I want to see this happen. I think Patrick should build it for you too. I, you know what? He's he's going to listen to this, and we're all going <laughs> to pressure him. It's going to happen. <laughs> So did you guys have a favorite um, challenge that you completed for the Earth Month challenge? Mine was all about the documentaries. So I just, it was uh, fun just to watch one after the other. And it, I mean, it's just not, there's an unlimited supply oh on almost gosh. any topic. And I just picked the climate change topic because of that first video that I found. Um, and, but yeah, I like doing that, learning educating myself yeah same yeah that was my favorite too um and i really appreciated that netflix had its little earth day section so it was really easy to just scroll on through and find oh. lots of different things to watch but i have a i usually have such a hard time with the documentaries because they make me so sad and i feel so overwhelmed when i watch them exactly that really, right, right so saying like signing up for it ahead of time and saying i'm definitely going to watch this and forcing myself to sit through it, I learned a lot more than I normally would because normally I would get overwhelmed and sad and I would 
turn on a sitcom and like find something <laughs> to laugh at instead. Oh, well, that's good. I think mine was, um, I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was replaced so many minutes a day with being on your screen with being outside. And that was really helpful, especially, um, and it was really cold this whole month though, which was stupid, but getting some sunshine instead of like just sitting in front of the computer, forcing myself to take a break while I was at work and just like walk around the block or whatever. It was really, that was really nice. I had, I did one of the, picked one of the ones about having meaningful conversation or like constructive conversation with people. I can't remember exactly the wording on it, but that's actually something I've been trying to do as a manager is have more like meaningful conversation with my team. So that really made me focus on that. But also it was, um, you know, I, it, it made me also talk to strangers. <laughs> I mean, part of that was having the big, like leading the big Earth Day thing, which I was in charge of volunteer check-in. Um, so I tried to put that I had meaningful, constructive conversation with 200 people, but it only let me go up to 10. So I feel like <laughs> I was cheated. <laughs> I could have gotten a lot more points. <laughs> that was a really cool thing to, to work to help get organized. Yeah, Jess, what a, that's amazing. Stressful. <clears throat> but it was I bet fun. it was. But man, that's really cool. How, how many volunteers did you say were out there? Over 200? It was, we, our final count was something like 220 something. Wow, that's awesome. So we do, it's through the group that I do beach cleanup with every Saturday morning, but twice a year they organize really big community events. Um, so it's really cool because we had groups from like Macy's and a couple of the hotels and the Surfrider Foundation, which is all over the country, but um, they do uh, big net cleanups every week and clean up ghost nets. Um, so a group from there came and stuff like that, but this one was for Earth Day and then October we do another one called Make a Difference Day. And I don't know if that's like a local Hawaii thing or if that's just something that they connect with here, but um it's just really cool because then we'll also see like you know families come and they'll just like bring their kids and be like like I want to help clean up litter and they're so excited about it and I just love it that is exciting I would that's something that I've always um thought about doing it's just like putting a post on Facebook like in our you know at Facebook you have a freaking neighborhood group for every neighborhood in existence so I thought about just putting a post up in my Delhi Facebook group and saying, hey, thinking about going for a walk and picking up litter on whatever and see if anybody would join me. But I, I don't know. I've never been brave enough to just put it out there. Maybe that's a new challenge for myself. Do it. Sarah, help her. <laughs> All right. I'll be there. I'll sign up to do it with you. Uh, you help me with that and I will help you take on the HOA. Okay. <laughs> so what is one thing everyone is going to do to make an impact every day i have really been you guys i eat out a lot and i get food to go and i take it back to work and i've been really proud of myself just for packing because i'm using like i'm cooking at home i'm using glass containers and I'm, i feel like that is making a, a difference so i'm going to keep doing more of that do you ever think about bringing 
Tupperware to a restaurant. I mean, I guess if you're getting it to go, you wouldn't. But anytime I go to a restaurant, I know it makes me look insane, but I bring little glass Tupperware in my purse. And then if I have leftovers, I put it in my purse or in my, my Tupperware and bring it home like that. That way I'm not using any styrofoam or any plastic or anything like that. Dude, I'm going to start doing that. I have not thought about doing that. All right. So I have thought about there's this restaurant that's really close to my office. I, and I work in a pretty large office building downtown in downtown Cincinnati. A lot of people in my building eat lunch at this place and I always get it to go. And I thought about asking them if they would get on board for allowing people to bring their own reusable containers mm -hmm. to get their food to go. But I don't know how they would feel about that. I don't know. I it's it's all boils down to me not being brave enough to ask the fucking question. Like I should just ask the manager, or or maybe there's a way to like if the containers that they that they use are recyclable because they're not styrofoam, they're plastic containers. Maybe mm -hmm. there's some sort of recycling program, or maybe Rumpke, who we use for recycling, recycles those those containers, and we just need to educate people about that. I don't know. I feel like there are so many options and it all begins with a conversation, really. Something that I had totally forgotten about until I came back to visit in March, because here, um, styrofoam takeout containers, well, styrofoam in general is um, banned. And so are plastic bags and plastic straws. So like, I didn't even think about it. And then the first meal I had there and I had leftovers and they brought me these styrofoam containers and I was just like, damn it like just totally like forgot that that's it's the thing. norm <laughs> at least here and in the midwest it made me so sad <laughs> yeah that's a great idea danny i'm gonna start doing that there are some like i know some vegan restaurants restaurants that we've been to will specifically have you know recyclable and recycled cardboard containers i've seen those before um but that's it's great if the product that they're using is something like uh, you know, it's post-consumer, uh, it's a post-consumer product already. So that's something that's helpful. But I find that um, even when you yourself plan to recycle things and you think you're doing a good thing by putting your recycling in the recycling bin in your house, and then you take it and you put it in your recycling bin and it goes to the curb, there's so much that's not actually recycled in the end for a huge variety of reasons. So it would be, uh, I think, educating people on what really is recyclable and what to really to do properly, you know, how to take care of your recycling properly so that when it gets to a recycling center, it can actually be used. A lot of the things that can't be used, they can't be used because of the way that they were disposed of for one reason or another. So that's, it's a shame that we think that we're doing a good thing, but we're actually not, you know, it'd be nice to find ways to educate people and ourselves, myself included, on how to do a better job with recycling. Yeah, I, I agree. agree. I also think that a lot of the responsibility should be on the big companies that are putting out massive amounts of this confusing, because I mean, the recycling process, there's, if you look inside the triangle, there's so many different numbers and so many of them, it is, it's a different process for so many of the different types of plastic. And I feel like if companies were putting out things that were easier, because glass is just glass, you can just recycle it or reuse it or whatever. And if the companies that we are purchasing from would make it easier for us, I don't, 
of course, I think we should educate ourselves and we should do our best. I don't think it's fair that all the responsibility falls on the consumer, I guess is all I'm trying to say. And I wish that the higher, the big companies gave a shit, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I know recently um, Rumpke has started recycling additional types of plastics that they hadn't in the past. But I did see a headline recently. So sometimes I just read headlines of articles. I don't actually read the whole article. (laughs) (laughs) But I saw a headline recently that said something like, um, China is not allowing us, is not allowing um, plastics to be imported for recycle any longer because they were coming over dirty. And they were like, we can't do anything with these. So they just stopped allowing people to to send them. Mm Mm-hmm. So Mark and I were in a, we, we went up to, we woke up yesterday morning. I did the positivity pop-up. I went online to do my um, assignment that was due for class that day. And the professor, I was like reading through the daily pages and the professor on one of the pages hid this thing and said, surprise, if you're reading all the pages, you don't have to do the discussion board this week. Just post a sentence about what your favorite part of the class was so far. And I was like, fucking score. so i wrote a quick sentence and then mark and i decided to go to yellowstone for breakfast (laughs) so that's how i spent my day yesterday but while we were up there we came across a store called wander and wonder and they have what they call a refillery and at this refillery it's just giant like um commercial size containers of things like hand soap and shampoo and body wash and dog or pet shampoo um laundry soap that sort of thing and you they have like small aluminum containers that you can use and you can refill those aluminum containers with this these household clean oh household cleaners was another one with all these cleaning supplies. And I thought that was a really cool concept. And the the soaps and things that they were selling were all organic and um, you know, not harmful to the environment, that sort of thing. But I was I was really impressed by that. I've never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. My sister has one of those in her store. Oh, does she? Reduce, reuse, refillery. And they have two locations in the Dayton area. Um, but one of them is in my sister's store. And they actually have you can buy your first product and then keep reusing that specific container or you can um, people will donate like peanut butter jars and things like that, that have been cleaned. Like if you forget a container, you can just use that container for free to fill up. And then they bring in these just giant, like you said, giant jugs of whatever, and you pump it into your container and then you go check out. Yeah. You pay per ounce of whatever you buy. Yeah, that was really cool. I'd never seen that. I switched over to um, bar shampoo and bar conditioner, which is really handy, especially when you're traveling. You don't have to worry about your containers and your liquids, but also it comes in a nice uh, recyclable cardboard box. And is it, it works well for your hair. Everything's fine. Seems to. Yeah, seems to. Beautiful, right? <laughs> I have not bought a jug of laundry soap in a decade i make all my own laundry soap that's awesome nice yeah and it's the then the cool thing about it is i can use whatever friggin soap i want in it so 
like Gracie has some um, skin sensitivity. So I use like the sensitive skin dove or whatever is my bar of soap and that it works really well for her as well and it doesn't leave your i don't know my clothes are always nice and clean they don't have like this perfumey tied scent but that's fine they're clean and i don't know been making it for a decade i've used i think i in the 10 years i've been making my laundry soap i have used two five gallon buckets i was making my own my own for um a while i did i want to say i did it for maybe a year or so it was like the first year that I uh, went zero waste. Um, but then this company called Drops came out and they're like a zero waste company. They send it in this tiny little cardboard package. It's compostable. And so I switched that and it's, it's still a zero waste product that is affordable and it definitely gets the job done. I did kind of, I enjoyed making my detergents and things like that but it ended up being kind of a time suck so the drops detergent I highly recommend yeah I um I don't because I make a big five gallon bucket of it every time I do it so and mm -hmm. these days it's basically just me at home my kids have practically moved in with their father so I have to make it like twice a year oh, yeah. <laughs> and because you only use like a half a cup of soap every time you wash your clothes so mm -hmm. so there are currently three more challenges that Eco Challenge is sponsoring. Have you guys seen any of this? Do tell. Do tell. One of the things that I think I loved about this challenge is um, that they focused on education, really. So it was like, like they a lot of things like Sara, your favorite activity, watching the documentaries, or like my favorite activity, just getting outside away from your screen. They're like little tiny things that you can do to help the planet, but also to educate yourself. And I think that's really the um, the uh, crux of all of this, right? To to learn more. So they have one of them is the Choices for Sustainable Living discussion course. So they have different action categories, just like they did in the Earth Day Challenge, um, ecological principles, there's discussions about food, water, community, a call to sustainability, that sort of thing. Um, the second challenge they have is seeing systems discussion course. So it's another discussion course. The action categories are peace talks, justice for the whole community, understanding systems through conflict transformation, responding to system violence, et cetera. There are more categories in that. And then the last one is drawdown. Welcome to the drawdown challenge. Action track, healing and renewal, electricity, food, agriculture, and land use, transportation. So the, the drawdown um, challenge is all about reducing your carbon footprint and how you these different things impact impact that statistic so i don't know there's a few really cool things happening and it looks so like sorry, are, they, are, are they like another month-long challenge or is it just sort of an ongoing thing that you can do um i don't know i'll have to investigate yeah well let's see Tie up and find out set an hey. alarm all right so let's <laughs> see um, I'm going to join this discussion. Wow, we're doing it live. I know. I just, I felt pressured. 
I was more telling Sara to do it and set an alarm since she was saying that (laughs) that would maybe remind her. (laughs) Age range. Prefer not to answer. Psych. (laughs) None your business. I'm 44 and I am proud of it. Create or join a team. Oh my gosh. It ended up being like the first time we signed in. So much going on. All right. So I'm going to create a team for the sustainability discussion group. (laughs) Are we all going to be invited, Mer? Oh, my God. You guys are going to be so invited. (laughs) Don't you forget it. So do they have leaders that lead those, I wonder? Or does everybody just get on and... Yeah, the mm-hmm. discussions, I don't know. This will be, um, this is like a uh, trial by fire kind of thing. I'm not real sure. So um, an interesting sidebar with the weather documentary. They were already talking about all the weather control, which seemed a little siren songy. Yeah, with uh, oh. cloud seeding. Cloud seeding. Actually using cloud seeding <laughs> to steer the hurricanes and, of course, to make it rain. Yeah, that's crazy to me to steer the hurricanes by setting the ocean on fire <laughs> with oil. With oil, did it work? Did they actually uh, try it? I, it was just one of the proposed theories, mm. and then there was oh, a nice video goodness. of of an oil slick burning away. Like ooh. mixed messages here, guys. Um, but there was a lot of interesting information in that video. Um, they, had, they were showing the hurricanes and the eye of the hurricane. And then they were showing um, these, I think it was, uh, I, I don't remember, I don't know how, how big these planes were, but these people would get in the plane and fly into the freaking hurricane. And in one one little comment that the, the guy narrating it said, well, and if they make it through, okay, then we'll see. I'm like, Wow. So, but it was it was really interesting seeing all the things that they were doing and you know it sounds like way back then it's only what 60 years ago or something but um there was a lot of interesting stuff going on then but using radio balloons that they would drop into the middle of hurricanes so that they would you know investigate what was going on in there and send data back it's cool stuff that all just makes me think of twister yes that's, that's what i was picturing too jess <laughs> Like cutting off the aluminum cans to make propellers. But they were actually flying airplanes into hurricanes. And I feel like that's different than chasing a tornado with a vehicle. I feel like that's (laughs) a bad plan. So I was chasing a tornado with a vehicle, but. Yeah, agreed. Neither of those are things that I would do. So I just invite you guys all to the team I just created. Right. This is real time action going on here live (laughs) on Siren Soapbox. Believe that. Well, I'm on my phone, so I can't do it. <laughs> All right. You can join later, girl. So the way this works, Sara. I will Sarah, accept your invite. <laughs> thank you. The way this works, Sara, is it gave us like a, a window of time where our teammates can check in. So this seems like it's more of like an ongoing kind of thing that you can do. Go um, in and do some shitty chatting. Yeah. You just do it. You just do it for however long you want to do it. That's what it looks like. And I checked yeah, to see if they had any... worse because I feel like you're going to forget. Well, that's probably true. Jess, I will probably forget. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely going to have to set alarms. <laughs> I am truly a type seven. 
<laughs> so in the notes of today's episode and our little Google Doc that we use, I'm just going to put that Mer joined a challenge or more Mer created a team for a new challenge. <laughs> So, Danny, since you have been here last, we have implemented a new um, strategy for handling our guests. That's the wrong way to describe this. <laughs> we are but totally handling you. We're handling you. Sounds very intimidating. Yes, I know. I, th- I thought that would be fun to say it that way, but... <laughs> it kind of was. All right. So we are now asking all of our guests the same question because we love hearing everybody's answers. So we're going to ask you, what gets you out of your comfort zone and excited to explore? Um, I do really enjoy my comfort zone. I'm not going to lie. It's very cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of uh, different hobbies, though, that will kind of lead to me being curious about something else. So, um, I mean, this sounds really dorky, but I really like, uh, finding cool sticks outside. And I, when I, (laughs) (laughs) it's fun. (laughs) Um, and so I just started learning how to whittle. I sound like I'm 185 years old right now, but my God, I love this. Um, I also, I really like finding cool rocks and cool stones. So I started tumbling and polishing stones and things like that. So really it's just one hobby always leads to another hobby. And honestly, my hobbies are out of control, (laughs) Um, but it does, it does get me out and doing things and learning more and experiencing more. Um, Also dad and Sarah having me do this fully out of my comfort zone. So I feel like that counts. (laughs) It definitely counts. We love that you you joined us tonight. Me too. This was fun. We appreciate you saying yes. Absolutely. No great adventure starts with no. Please tell me that you sit in a rocking chair while you do your whittling. (laughs) I'll need to invest in a rocking chair. It's appropriate. Just just whittle yourself one, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) A little ambitious, but okay. You could be like that chick on uh, Alone who spent her first night on the deserted island making herself a chair out of some... (laughs) wigs or something you could totally see you making rocking chair <laughs> isn't she the one that she also made a sauna oh is that the same one i think so living the life i'm telling you <laughs> starving but had a sauna <laughs> <laughs> well we want to leave our listeners with a challenge this week join one of earthmonth.org's eco challenges and let us know how it's going by using the hashtag siren soapbox on all the social medias Danny, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We'll get you one spectacular Siren Soapbox gift pack. Um, we'll get with Sara to either send it out to you or we'll send it out to you. We'll get your address from her. But expect it. It's coming, girl. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and Sirens, thank you so much for everything you did during the challenge and everything you do all year long to make Mother Earth a better place to live. And thank you, fellow explorer for listening to this episode. Please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening so that other explorers can find the show. We really appreciate your spending your time with us. And until next time, dive in, stay curious, and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. 
Follow the sirens on all the social medias and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.